All right, welcome in week four, the Fezic Focus Pod. That's what we're calling this thing now. And it's where I get to sit down with Steve before we do the big dream preview later on tonight, which to you will be later tomorrow. That's when you'll get the the dream pod. Uh, but I uh, we get to we get to lock in on some some macro strategies, some uh, some some something that's bigger than just game by game, which is what we'll do in the next pod when RJ's here. But I always enjoy this. We keep it short. We keep it sweet. Give you some good information that hopefully will help you not just this week, but will help you going forward that's the goal here and uh Fezzik how are you my friend I am exceptional AJ happy to be here. how was your week three overall excellent and year to date NFL 61 percent college 63 percent no complaints those are big numbers my friend look at you rolled a, I think I rolled a five and oh in the NFL Sunday so I uh, did lose the Monday night game I had the first half under on Dallas Philly I'd like to argue it was the right side but I'm not going to yeah let me ask you this well, it's it's hard to hit an under when one team doesn't run the ball the entire uh, first half. I, I mean, that's it, you would say like, well, they only had three first downs, which it's that's pretty bad. If you're not running the ball, you're asking for overs. Weirdest stat line I think I've seen in the game: Miles Sanders, two carries. 27 yards. Yeah. You know what? You get 13 and a half per carry. You think you deserve a third you might, carry. You might throw it to him one more time. <laughs> Meanwhile, Justin Fields had one net yard. You, how many yard did you throw for today? Just the, the one. Just the one yard. No S. No S. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. This is a big week for teasers. And... So here's my question, and I am always I understand that these are very profitable. Sometimes I think it's it's more profit. Like, why are you going to bet seven and a half? Why are you going to give seven and a half when you could tease? Stop it right there. This is a great point. I have not bet a minus full vig. I have not bet a minus seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, or even for that case, a nine. Nor have I taken a one and a half, a two, or a two and a half at full vig in like ten years. All right. Okay. Every now and then I'll play like a plus two, like minus 101 or something like that. Why? Because the teaser is better. And I've got accounts still that I can lay less than minus 120. I can lay minus 110 and minus 115. If you have enough accounts, you can find those. The teaser is just mathematically superior. Now, if the total's sky high, like it's a 57, and there's a lot of variance associated with the game, you can maybe make an argument that they're about equal. But the bottom line is basic strategy. You really should never bet plus two, and you should never lay eight. And I hate to say never, but the teasers are just stronger. And we keep seeing that. Even with the higher totals, the theory has been, wait a minute, this might not be so good. Our totals now are 48, not 44 anymore. We're going to see more variance, but it sure seems like we're not seeing variance. Teams keep winning by that those uh, key numbers of three, six, seven, and the teasers stay powerful. Yeah, and last week was a good example. It felt like every you know advantage teaser play leg one. The, I think the only one that may have pushed for some people was Baltimore, but everything else was a clean winner. Yeah, Baltimore opened eight to eight and a half, came down to seven and a half. And so ultimately, some people probably pushed with the and most teasers read the rules. Most places have teasers. Uh, if one leg of the teaser ties, the entire teaser ties, regardless of the outcome of the second game. There are a few places that 
have gone to, t- oh, a tie loses. And if that's the case, well, then just never play an integer. Yeah. Always buy another half point and get it to, you know, minus one and a half or minus a half, whatever. Or whatever just go it to takes. another book. Yes. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the bottom line is with the teasers, like last week, I was like, oh, there's going to be a major repercussions. Books are going to have gotten crushed. Every basic strategy teaser, like you said, won or the pushes with Baltimore. Every single one. But what has happened, good news. I have good news to report. The I'm too cool for school kids are out there, and they're betting teasers, and they're breaking the rules. They may be aware you're supposed to tease through three and seven, but you know what? Kansas City was close enough to be in a seven-half point fair because they went up to seven, so they threw them in as a basic strategy. So now teaser. you just got to – all they got to do is win. All they got to do is win. And while I'm not – I'm 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 not going to completely throw minus seven teasers under the bus. I still am going to make a case that that is not going through the three and seven when you're already on the seven and teasing a team that's a two point nine percent dog, a plus three late twenty. That is not a two and a half point dog. They're more likely if you're if you're like look at Detroit, Chicago this week. If you're if 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 you're really on three, you're more likely to lose by more than eight points. You're more likely to lose that teaser. So those teasers really don't belong as a pro in your portfolio. Those should be the exceptions to the rule. And I'm seeing more and more out there in the media these wannabe experts doing things like saying one one said, I recommend the long teaser of Miami from plus four to plus ten. It's not a long teaser. You're not going through three. And another um, guy that that calls himself a pro better advocated teasing Washington from seven and a half to thirteen and a half. Now think about this. This is like the ultimate like um, a train wreck where you have a basic strategy teaser where you would at the time the line was seven and a half. You lay Buffalo down to one and a half and you win. Nope. I'm too cool to do that. I'm just going to I'm going to grab the all important points of 8, 9, 11 and 12 and 13. <laughs> you grab one key number in a teaser. There's a reason these sports books keep winning. So, I woke up on Monday I'm like, "Oh, books are going to like have um charge more vig on the teasers, scale back, deal teaser protection and make all these these spreads are seven and a half up to 9 to stop the teasers." Nope. It's business as usual, and it just shows that how much money all these sports books out there are making off of the general public. Because when you think about it, if you have a casino and you deal down to the bottom card, if every card counters are going to crush you, but if only one out of 500 people are counting cards, it's better for you because you just want more hands, get more stuff in action, take more bets. And that's the situation I think we're in right now in the country. More people are betting. The volume is sky high and people are getting their teeth kicked in. Well, and listen, on a week where the teasers came through, uh, the Chiefs, the Bucks lost outright. Like these were huge wins for the casino. They were, they were thrilled to see those outcomes that Joe Public was shocked by. Exactly. You know, and what's interesting with the Bucks is you could make the case that um, that was a teaser's dream that it flipped to Tampa, a one and a half point favorite. So boom, and come the Rams. And, and I mentioned I'll tease either side of that game, you know, whichever one you want to give me. And I was fortunate that they gave me the Rams to be at, at the one and a half up to the seven and a half, and then it came close back at, at pick at most at most shops. Well, obviously, you want to go through three and seven. You said you're not you're not going to throw all you know minus seven teasers under the bus. Can we agree you throw minus six and a half teasers under the bus? Yes, and the reason being is just play the money line. If you think the team's going to win, you you can play a minus two fifty on the money line. Typically, if you shop around and and it's a it's a better price to do that. Um, than to go ahead and try to put them into a teaser and have them just win. Um, what, what becomes interesting, 
what I say, don't, I don't, don't want to throw the minus seven games under the bus. I'll, sometimes you have situations where a team is favored by 7.2, for instance. All right, there's sevens and there's seven halves. And if one book is dealing a minus seven, like Kansas City this week, eh, then you can certainly, you know, say, hey, it's 7.25 and I'm already starting at seven. I can tease that sucker down to minus one or minus a half. How much difference in value is it if you're if you're teasing a bigger line up? So, like, how how much difference is there going through three and seven versus going through seven and ten? Yeah, so you can't tease through seven and ten. It's it, you just don't do it because um, the only exception to the rule is I talked about the, these games that are lined at like two point seven five. I will tease some of those in a seven point teaser up to ten because now I'm grabbing three seven. And 10. Yeah. All right, I want to get in part of three, and I want to get in part of 10. But if I like the dog already, that um, that teaser does make sense. Okay. Who are some good candidates this week? Because it looks like there's a few good ones on the board. Right right off the bat, I think you got to look Thursday night football, Bengals. And the reason the Bengals are an exceptional teaser here is, you know, you, they're favored by more than seven, so you get it down to under three. So right off the bat, I get the home team, so I like that. I like the fact that I get a Thursday night home team as well, which should have less variance. The total's not that high. It's currently at 45, so it's checking a lot of boxes. But another reason, because it's a primetime game on Thursday, if you do enough shopping and you got enough books, you are going to get bargains on their opponents. So you are going to see Jacksonville bargains on the first quarter, on the first half, on the team totals, on the player props. There's going to be all different ways that the books know the betters are going to want to bet against Jacksonville, not necessarily pro Bengal. And because of that, inevitably, I'm like, well, I got to bet this. I got to bet this. I got to bet this. I got, I got to bet Jacksonville first half plus four and a half. And I have to bet this, um, uh, this team total on the Bengals um, to go under. I have to basically got to make a whole bunch of bets second half. I'm probably going to have to bet Jacksonville some rogue number. I'm going to be overloaded with scalpable great Jacksonville bets. So why not get a lead on those and get some pro Bengal bets and the teasers are the way to do it. So you mentioned a seven point teaser earlier. Is this a situation where if you were to play a seven-point teaser, would you, would it make more sense to play it up or down? So you play it down. You 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 you, you tease the Bengals from seven and a half, and you tease them down to one and a half, and you, you can tease them down to a half. It really depends, kind of, whether um, what you want your what you're pairing it with in terms of whether the basic strategy should be always use a six-point teaser. But one is not an insignificant number, and it has the nice beauty to it that now if you want to scalp some stuff, um, lock in a profit, when you're playing a minus one minus a half teaser, unless they tie, you're essentially playing the money line on the Bengals. And if you're laying minus 130, that's like a minus 300 bet on the money line. So if you can get better than plus 300 on Jacksonville— get plus 320 for instance which might pop up at some books boom there's a 20 cent scalp right there on that it's not a pure scalp because it carries into the second leg but in terms of you're essentially if you're teasing Jacksonville down teasing Cincinnati down to minus a half you're essentially betting the Bengals on the money line minus 300 asterisk if the game ends in the tie you lose uh, the other games, Atlanta plus one and a half against Washington. That fits three yep. and seven through the three, full the through the full three and seven. Perfect six point teaser. Now in these games, it, that's an ugly game to me. It's a game that I'm not really looking to get involved with either way. 
because I think there's a lot of variance on who could win that game, who could who could lose that game. I don't think there's but that much variance though in the in the result. In the final score, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be close. Don't I, you think? It's, I just think it's it's going to be a low scoring game. Yeah. It feels like, if, but these are some bad offenses. Uh, so I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, even though it's a game that I, I don't really have a great feel for when it's lined really close because you get a chance to get it outside of a touchdown. I think it wipes out some of the variance that the one and a half just, you know, there, there's a lot of question marks there. But one thing I should mention when choosing whether to use a six or a seven point teaser, the Eagles sent a memo to the league and the league read it. The sharp coaches that when you're down 14 at the end of the game and you score a touchdown, you, you go for two. And the math behind it is is such that if if you think about it, if you just assume everything's fifty percent of you go for a two point conversion, fifty percent to win an overtime, hundred percent to make the kick. I know it's not a hundred percent accurate, close enough. Um, if you just crank out the permutations, you're going to win sixty two and a half percent if you go for two after your first touchdown. All right, um, because if you're if you get it, you win because then right. you kick the extra point. If you miss it, you can go for two again. So um, the bottom line is it's much more powerful to go for two because the memos out on that, the eight is becoming more important. So whenever I'm teasing from one and a half up to seven and a half, uh, I try to talk myself into maybe I should just go ahead and take the seven point teaser and get eight and a half. Nine is still as dead as, as, as anything. You never need to tease to nine, but that eight is much more important. And the seven's a little less important than it was three years ago. Seven's still the second most or second most important number. It is. And is eight as important as 10 at this no, point? No, 10 is still more. So important. three, seven, 10, eight. Yes. But because nine and 11 are so dead, you know, 10, it's never going to, it's almost never going to be worth it to pick up the 10, except that one ex- example I gave where you tease a 2.8, and you got a three and tease it up to ten. Uh, a couple two-point dogs, Minnesota and Indy, they make sense for what you're they talking They both make sense. You, you can tease them up to eight. You know, one thing I'll, I'll, I have to say, as long as I get the tie, I'm, I'm pretty happy. But then I think to myself, you know what? If I get a tie on one leg of the teaser, um, well, it really doesn't matter whether the second leg wins or loses. So getting the hook on the eight is probably more important than getting off the hook. So getting to eight is probably a good basic strategy in your teasers. Be sure to get to at least eight. Now, depending on what your book's dealing, Tennessee and the Jets sit somewhere in that range as well. Yeah, money just poured in the Jets. It's, it's down to a solid seven almost. It's like 7.1. So I think you got to pass on playing. And remember, sharp money's coming against the Titans also. This is all sharp money being bet on the Jets. I would avoid the Tennessee, the road favorite teasers. And the Saints against the Giants. You know, it's a really high volatile game because anyone who bets MLB – and NFL, and excuse me, and NBA knows that first game back from that long road trip, that's a nightmare. The team's so distracted. You know, the wife wants to spend time with you, but McKenzie wants to go to Ellis Island and have ribs, and I got to make choices. You know, and I wind up, you know, not, I want him not spending enough time with the playbook and practicing. And the coach, if he has a heart, he knows, hey, you just spent 10 concentrated days, you know, on the road, et cetera. And you've been practicing in Texas, you've been traveling the last three weeks, but, this is the first home game for the Saints. So there's big pluses for the Saints and there's big minuses. This is a game the Saints could win by 17 or lose outright. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough call to make because all we said is, oh, the Saints, they've been traveling, they've been traveling. And now we're thinking about there's some sort of a, 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 a punishing handicap for them coming back home after a long road trip. That's a tough one to figure out. Uh, Seattle uh, sitting at 2.9 right now. Yeah, I, I think... People over tease these games. A good basic strategy is just to avoid them. You know, if the line if the line is it's it's counterintuitive. I say, do you want to tease Seattle at three 
up, you know, up. I'm like, no. And then the line drops to two. And now I'm only getting eight on the teaser. I'm like, well, now I like it a lot more because the sharp money has come on Seattle. So I think I think you got to stay away from that teaser. If, if it if it's firm two and a half, you think it's still a bad uh, teaser? No, if it goes to firm two and a half, it's a good teaser. Okay. Uh, and Baltimore one point two against Denver. Obviously, you'd want it to get up to one point five. Yes. So you want the seven and a half, and you don't want to have to pay for it with the six and a half point teaser. So you, you just track this. You know, I, I got to say, I, I hear a lot of experts out there saying. You know, I don't understand what the support is for Denver in this game, and because they're ma- the matchup handicappers love Baltimore, and I'm like, this is Baltimore's played their last two preseason games on the road, then they did have a bye week, and now it's their third road game in four games, and they played absolute gut check games the first three weeks of the season. Denver's had three laughers from an energy perspective. It favors Denver. The game's in altitude. It's Denver's back to back home games. Baltimore third road and four. There's a whole lot of situations that absolutely um, exclamation point point to Denver matchups favor Baltimore. I'll ask you one more because I expect it to be there by the time it's all said and done. I expect the the Patriots, if you're if you're betting late in the week, to be seven and a half or more uh, dogs against Tampa. But there's a lot of emotion in that game. There's a it's, that's a that'd be a scary one for me to to do a teaser on. Now you know this is because I just said. I made a, a, a point for you. Got to tease the Bengals. You know, you got to get all these great lines you're going to get on Jacksonville. Well, by the same perspective, even though it's only seven, maybe you got to tease the stupid Tampa Bay team because even though I think it's completely the wrong side, if I know the line's going to go to seven and a half, why not tease the seven down to a half or one right now, right? And then I'm going to get all of these bargains on New England right before the game starts, and I'm going to be like, why didn't and why didn't I tease Tampa? Before, because there's going to be, you know, there's solid value. You've got a minus, you know, one teaser on a game that closes seven and a half. So maybe that makes sense. All right. Well, there you go. There's uh, some some tease com- uh, conversation. And again, if it works like it did last week, that's a good way to make yourself some money. The home teams had a good week three. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to start looking for props, home teams versus away, as a few books are starting to put those up. And of course, as soon as I bet it, it lost. I took the um, the away teams plus 40 and a half points at one book. Um, great road line, and the road teams lost by about 50. Um, they underperformed versus expectation by about 14 points. Um, so just something to keep in mind. I'm, I'm valuing home field as two right now, on average two points for home field. But it is interesting that the second I lowered my home field edge to only two is the first week the home teams, especially in the afternoon games, home teams did very well. Um, part of that was some blowouts with Denver, et cetera. Yeah, the Jets putting up a zero. These rookie uh, quarterbacks the could really put a dent in, in this, but we'll keep an eye on it. Currently, home and field. The, fo- the football team didn't do their job either. Yes, that's another good example. Yes. Uh, winless teams go under. And the, I mean, I, I said this the other day, and I guess it was yesterday on Straight Out of Vegas. We were talking about how it feels like the top, the Kansas City, the Tampa, which has been the consensus top two for a long time, the Rams and the Bills are inching closer. All four of those teams the, throw a blanket over them. It, yes. the, the middle is all kind of inching, cl- like the, the middle to the top is compacting, where the bottom four, five seem like they're gaining separation. Like the bottom four or five teams in the league are so awful that. See, yeah, season win, Jets, three and a half, Jacksonville. 
Three and a half. And I'm ha- I'm having a really hard time thinking like like when I see the Jets or the Jags or the Texans, I'm I look at these numbers and I say I say my oh boy because I I'm not betting the Texans this week. So if I'm not betting the Texans and they were they earlier they were catching 17, 16 and a half now, but even at 17 I was like. No, not for me. Like, what numbers do I have to get to, to be convinced to bet on these awful teams? And that game 17, according to, to my numbers, is 17 is a take. I will say this. Texans have a win. Teams that don't have a win, it's human nature. You're 0-3, and already you're worried they're going to start putting a prop up on you. Are you going to go 0-17? And, and so the collar gets tight. The coaches start, you know, it's hard to be a riverboat gambler and aggressive, which you're supposed to be when you haven't won a game because you know you're going to be second-guessed. It's almost like a poker player playing no-limit poker where aggression is king usually. And you've been, and you had four straight losing sessions, and you're like, I really got to have a winning session here. I'm winless. And all of a sudden, you know, it becomes very hard to bluff aggressively and make the right plays, and you've got just a flush draw and come over the top and raise all in. Now just punt. You know, no one's going to second-guess me punting fourth and four from your 45. Um, so because of that, these teams get more conservative, and it's shown out historically. Week four trend, winless team, bet every one of those teams under, 3-15, 83% trend. 1-11 the last four years. This is courtesy of Mark Lawrence's uh, playbook. And the qualifiers this week, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Tennessee at the winless Jets, uh, winless Indy at Miami, and, of course, the New York Giant football team at New Orleans. Yeah, some of these teams, I, th- I think there's winless teams that are built differently. And, you know, 0-3, is, it's, it's three games. It's not 0-6. If, if there were 5-6, 0-6 teams, I think we'd, we'd have some problems. But there's teams like the Lions, who I feel, and the Giants, for that matter, who feel like they're competing and then there's teams like the Jets and the Jags who feel like they're helpless. This is like, do, do you not feel that? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I do feel that. And I, I feel what you're saying about the Lions giving max effort. But I would I would argue, you know, the Lions really stink. Oh, they're terrible. They uh, that that loss to the Niners. Um, I don't know. Um, McKenzie's got to like meet with his relatives and talk about finishing games and not giving up 24 points in the final three minutes, you know. Um, and the uh, that game against Baltimore, if you watch that game, there's Marquise Brown dropped three bombs. Yeah. And they, they this is not one. Sometimes we say, oh, dude dropped a pass that he, sh- he probably should have caught, and he's like in coverage. And yeah, the average wide receiver maybe caught it. No, no. This is a case where, AJ, you would have caught one of them. And even worse, I would have caught one of them. And then there was a third one that he only had a, a one-step separation in the end zone. But the average wide receiver catches, that's that's like two touchdowns and one in the red zone spot, all wiped out. Uh, you know, that's, and all in the first half, too. That ain't good. Yeah. Yeah, that's making that Lions. I, I, I'm looking forward to us discussing Lions-Bears on the pod because those are a couple teams. The Bears, even though they've got a win, I don't think anybody's rushing to bet on the Bears right now, given what we just saw out of them. Imagine setting a prop bet on Justin Fields' pass yards this you know this week. So. so just like the winless teams trend to the under in week four, 
undefeated home teams, there's a trend to the over. It's the, And it makes sense, doesn't it, that if I'm playing tight and I need a win like blood, I'm, I'm not going to be aggressive enough. Well, happy action, fun time. If I'm 3-0, and if I'm the chip leader at the poker tournament and I look down and I'm first to act and I got King Jack, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to raise instead of fold because – I'm playing, you know, it's working. You're freewheeling. I'm freewheeling, and it's all been working, so I'm going to keep being aggressive, and aggression causes higher-scoring games. So two qualifiers, and I certainly would agree, Arizona at the Rams, I would bet over um, or pass on the total. And I believe that's 54-and-a-half, and Baltimore at Denver currently at 44-and-a-half. That one I would play over or pass. And you got to assume that Marquise Brown probably is – Investing in some stickum this week. <laughs> All right. Last thing we wanted to do uh, with with this pod was talk about what your schedule is kind of like because a lot of people ask what it takes to be a handy a professional handicapper, a professional better. Uh, and but there's a difference in those things, by the way, being a professional handicapper and a professional better. I mean, this is this is the only way you make your living, and you, so it's a lot of it's a real grind. People don't understand. Tell, walk people through what a, an average Fezic week is like. Sure, and I, I might say that um, as a professional handicapper, I'm always thinking about my clients, giving them the best chance to win, and because of that, I get so busy during the day, and sometimes it's just not possible because lines are moving so fast. As an example, I was going to give out Jets plus seven and a half to my clients today. And, you know, I looked at the screen, I said, it's gone. And if I give out, if I say, hey, play it if it hits seven and a half and it's and the line seven, well, then it's it's never going to come back to seven and right. a half. Because if I give that, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let my clients know on Sunday if that, but I won't say that right now. But I guess I just did. So um, <laughs> the Jets at seven and a half is a good bet. Um, but the bottom line is sometimes the line just runs. And you know what? If you don't have a, a very large following and you just want to play games with the records, you, you give out Jets seven and a half and say it's at Timbuktu.com. You know, it's like some some book has it but it was it wasn't widely available that's on me i should have been have i like the jets i should have given it out earlier and that's why i try before i go to sleep at night and when i wake up i think to myself all right obviously i can get up 10 minutes earlier and i can go to sleep 10 minutes later should i send certain plays out to my clients and i'm trying to do that more and more as a reminder uh, we appreciate everyone who's out there especially those who get my annual packages and i'll say this rj's not around right yeah, I don't Not think. here. All right. Don't buy my daily packages. Don't buy my game of the week, my game of the month, because you're not getting the best value. Buy my annual package. If I don't win over the course of the year, then it's completely on me. If you bought me Monday night, I'm sorry the first half went over, but to, if if you wind up losing – Buying me, that's on, and you don't buy anything else. That's on you. You can't, you know, expect me to win every play or every night. I'm doing the best I can for you, but uh, give me my best chance. At the very least, buy me for 30 days and let me show what I can do. You have you. a season-long goal. That's what I mean. Everybody hopes this is the percentage that I want to hit. No, this is the season put, that I want to hit. No, put up really good plays and uh, let the chips fall where they are and win a bunch of money. That's my goal. And if it's if it's 60 percent, if it's 53 percent. You know, a lot of it is the luck of the draw in terms of how things go. I will say this. I'm really doing my best to put up, like, advantage plays and props and the like. But the problem we talked our, on our last pod about the prop market and how a lot of the value is just getting sucked out of plays. The East Coast is taking it all. Because they're putting it up earlier, and there's a lot of guys out there that are just releasing, even though only a few books have it. Worse yet, they're just saying, oh, win, bet, win bets has the Giants under six. All right, I'm right now. 
best bet, I'm going to give this out. Uh, I like the Giants under six wins for 19 stars. All right. <laughs> and it's a real number. And when bets has it, the VIG is probably up to minus 140. They take a nickel. It's one, one book in New Jersey and some other venues. And it's a great bet. All right. And, and, but I mean, it's not, it's not available. It's not available. But if you happen to have a win bets account, bet the Giants because there's no way the Giants are winning seven games this year. All right. So let's start on a Monday morning. What's it? I mean, you've, you've just watched Sunday night football. You've gone to sleep. I'm comatose. I, I try to get as much sleep as possible. I get up. It's a new, do you go to sleep right after Sunday night football ends? Are you, is that the lights out? I'll do some quick reconciliations. I'll pop into some accounts and okay. see that they graded. Mostly Sunday night, I'm going through making sure the books are have graded my prop bets correctly because they make mistakes. You know, sure. you have to you have to go ahead and audit it. And then usually I pass out. And then Monday morning, I'm waking up and the first thing I, I, I do, I'm looking at the screen, I'm saying, "What bets do I absolutely need to make?" But frankly, I'm I'm not prepared enough because I've been betting live all Sunday night. And I haven't properly gone through all the injury reports. And there might be a line that's way off. And I might text the hitman or somebody else and say, what's going on? This line makes no sense. Why is Denver a virtual pick against Baltimore? And then he'll be like, well, seven starters are out for, Den- for Denver. What are you doing, Fez? You know, and, and he'll explain to me why a number is, is completely off. But I'll, I'll go ahead. That's really earlier in my career, I would be betting the openers on Sunday when they were coming up. But I'm so busy betting live and then getting ready to bet props for the Sunday night game and then betting live on Sunday night. I just don't have time to do the hard, hard lifting to bet the openers anymore. You'd rather wait a little bit longer, let the line firm up some, and give yourself a chance to really know that you're on the right side than just fire from the hip. No, I'd rather bet the opener with the incomplete and imperfect information because it's against it's it's against Joe and Louie that are setting the line. However... While I'm doing that, I'm, uh, there's a conveyor belt of money coming at me with the Sunday night football game, the props before the game starts, and then during the game, and I can't walk away from the conveyor belt of money to try to like get a small little conveyor belt of coins. This this conveyor belt has has real dollar real bills. dollars on okay. it. The other one is more marginal, and so I'm leaving value on the table. So I would much rather fire against the openers but there's just you can't spread yourself too thin and i've tried to do both at once and it just doesn't work right and then monday preparing for monday night football you get all your props you figure that all out on monday yes and and typically what i'm doing monday like uh late morning early afternoon is i'm going through these box scores um summarizing i'm looking at phony finals trying to making adjustments to my power ratings but while I'm doing that, I also I got to go through reconciliations with a bunch of on my accounts, make sure that we're all in agreement. If I've got if I'm sharing an account and I share accounts with people all the time. And one thing I would really encourage if there's one piece of advice, stop right now. Write this down. If you have sharp friends, this is the way to do it. Don't text them. And my God, are you listening? Ken Thompson, don't call them to discuss whether a bet is good. All right. If you have really good information, I, I got the information last week, for instance, that the La Tech quarterback was, and he's really good, was out with COVID. All right? So I got that before it was announced. North Texas, who's god-awful. They're bad. Head. Real bad. I, so I bet North Texas plus 11, and I played the under 65 and a half. See, that's an example where I've learned, don't text my friends, do you want this play? Hey, let me explain to you. While I, Even though all hell's breaking loose and I'm betting eight games at once, you know, live, let me explain to you that it's 88% sure that the quarterback is out for uh, bullshit. 
You know, just send a text to your buddy and say, you got North Texas plus 11, lay 105. You got under 66. You got a nickel on each, you know? Um, and and they have to reciprocate because I'm giving away some of my value with that. They have to send, presumably they're sending me plays back and say, that's great, Fez. By the way, I just bet Dallas to win the division for you minus 185. You know, you can see how this works. Where it breaks down completely is when you start playing operator back and forth, trying to communicate and asking people, and I get it, one out of 15 times, you're going to get stuck with some god-awful excrement of a bet that you would never want but you know the bottom line is you're just going to both churn along and make money. And if I'm not maxing out the bet, which I would rarely do on something like this for my for myself, why not get other people down? I apologize, AJ. I apologize, Mackenzie. I didn't get you down on North Texas. You could have bet it at halftime though, because it was 24 <laughs> nothing. That somehow La Tech with their backup quarterback who sucks got a, got a 24 nothing lead. Yeah, I don't know how that happened either. Uh, all right, so you get through your your Monday. I uh, went into Monday night. Now Monday night football, you're live betting the game, I assume. Well, and now, uh oh, it's three o'clock, and it's like I got, you know, presumably we've already done some of this, but um, there's props galore because it's a prime time game. I want to find value, and it's very rare if I look hard enough that I can't find. It's all about time, you know. Why do I bet more Monday night props than Sunday night props? Because I'm busy all day Sunday betting other things. On Monday, there's one standalone game. Boom, I can do more work associated with that, and it would be rare I couldn't find something that I liked. On top of it, if there's a public team on a game, which would probably be the Chargers this week, you know, against against Vegas, that um, maybe not, that uh, there might be a, a tax associated with some of the, especially some of the primo players, you know, like, for instance, Brady, you know, you probably want to bet against Brady or pass in terms of where those props are going to go on Sunday right. night, just as an example. But so, boom, about three o'clock on Monday, I'm panicking. The SOV starts. And this is part of the reason that I really downplayed my radio presence is because that's time I want to be working on all through all these props and get my clients, you know, pro- at least suggested plays to make and the like. And, um, you know, that's um, up up until the game starts. I'm doing that. And and. Presumably, hopefully, I've gone through with all my buddies and I said, okay, here's our IOU. Here's what we've checked, you know, in terms of our plays. And sometimes you don't match and you got to go through those numbers and you want to try to get that all done before the Monday night football game starts. And then I'm, I'm, I'm live betting the, the Monday night football game. I'm learning from that. You can see how this is becoming a hundred hour a week job. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Okay. So Monday night football is over. You go to sleep exhausted, hopefully with a pocket full of money. What happens on Tuesday? So Tuesday's kind of like the. Exhale a little bit. You know, the lines have settled. It's rare because you don't have to do a college football podcast on Tuesdays. Exactly, but I do need to bet. <laughs> I do need to bet college football on typically on Tuesday before the lines start to get hammered. Some of the really good stuff. Yep. So, uh, little gems come up like New Mexico. Rocky Long is playing Air Force. Apparently, Rocky Long defends the option really well. So, anyone that's been awake during college football season knows every Army Navy game goes under. And every Air Force, Navy, and Air Force, Army game typically goes under because the option stinks. It's like the option is like a chess opening that sucks. All right. <laughs> it's a chess opening that would never uh, work typically. All right. Um, with optimal play. But if you've never seen it before, you can crush teams with it because it's so quirky and unfamiliar mm-hmm. and you have to practice against it. Um, but as soon as you play a team that's seen it in practice and knows what to do and knows what the assignments are, it's all about assignments. 
think about it, the forward pass is superior to running the ball. So when you basically eliminate the forward pass from your offense, that should hurt you, not help you. And that's the case when a defense that knows what they're doing doing plays an option. Long story short, Rocky Long knows how to stop the option. So New Mexico Air Force under 49 was a great bet. Probably was a good bet at 47, and it's probably marginal at best at 45. But those are the sort of bets, like I said, if you're betting on Tuesday morning, Monday night, you get to it early enough, it becomes a good bet. And and things, I rarely look at the futures markets most of the time, but Tuesday, I'll glance at them. I'll just th- I'm just throwing bets out I made last night. Um, I bet Dallas to win the division minus 185 Chargers yes to make the playoffs 125 plus 125 Giants under six wins you surprised that's a plus number on the Chargers yeah it's just a mistake it's just a yeah. mistake um, and Cincinnati over six and a half wins minus 160 just just I'm looking for bad numbers and so those were four that I found here um, late last night and early this morning we know what you do on Wednesday it's podcast day so I'm prepping for the pods and getting ready. So I, I, um, it's, it's a really busy day and it's really rewarding to be able to give, you know, what, what, what you've got, you know, to your clients, you want to put your best foot forward. Yes. Thursday. We've been here all night. We're exhausted. We went over the time. What happens on Thursday? So Thursday is the sleeping day. Ideally. I, I take my son, I pride myself. I take my son to school every day, but I'll, sometimes I'll go home and just kind of put on a podcast and, you know, veg out. And by, by the way, I listen to other people's podcasts and oftentimes on Thursday. So I've, we've recorded ours. I only hear what other people think. And so I'll listen to like the matchbook podcast or, you know, podcasts um, from the ringer and things like that. And, and get, and so every now and then they'll say something that completely contradicts something I said and that's why, ideally, I listened to these podcasts before. But one thing I didn't mention, on Monday, I'm rewatching Monday and Tuesday, I'm rewatching a lot of these select NFL games I haven't seen. Yeah. So because of that, that takes a priority. I want to see what happened, especially not so much if a game lands close to the number, like according to the expectations, when, I, when you have a real outlier occur. What the hell happened to this team? And well, you know, what happened in New England against the Saints and, and the like? And those are the games I'll tend to watch. And then obviously there's standalone game Thursday night. There you go. So repeat the Monday night experience with the props and with, and with the betting and the live betting, et cetera. That's right. And then Friday? Friday, another good day to sleep in because now I'm going to be betting all day Saturday, Sunday. So I need to – Friday I need to sleep in to be fresh. And I will say this, Friday night – um, a lot of times I'm already thinking about contest plays and what I'm going to be playing. There may be times I need to run out and make bets in town, but I'm really trying because the limits are so low on the apps. Sure. And I might see, oh, God, there's a, there, you know, a plus three is at the win, and I can bet 300 on the app or I can go down there and bet 2,000. It's a really good bet, you know, and I'm like, boy, do I really want to go down the strip? And I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, what else can I find that's, you know, on maybe at the Treasure Island or at some other place, you know, goofy numbers, rogue numbers at, at, at smaller books. But all things being equal, one thing I've really tried, um, you know, McKenzie's tremendous because he's been going like on the weekends on Saturday night, putting in our contest picks. But late Friday night and really late Saturday night, I'm trying to spend some family time and do something with the family, stay home, watch a movie, play a board game, something like that. Um, and I do lots of that, not during football season, but the four months of football season, my goodness. is, is You've got to value those minutes when you can grab them. And, and basketball hasn't even started. Exactly. Basketball's upon, almost upon us, yes. Uh, Saturday, now you're in the thick of it. You know, and one of the things that has happened exactly, 
these FCS games, oftentimes the lines come up completely wrong. And you follow some FCS teams, some, correct? Yeah. Yes. And you see it. You see a game come up on Matchbook, or not Matchbook, on uh, Five Dimes, and their limits are like $25 for sharp betters. They've all been backed off. And they'll just get numbers completely wrong. So, you know, one that lost, I think Purdue opened like minus 20 and closed minus 36 and a half against some school that I've never heard of before. And then Purdue doesn't cover the t- minus 20. Um, and, and, you know, if one piece of advice as far as specialization, if you only bet these FCS games and have good power ratings in those teams, you're going to do great. Now, you're also going to have to do your homework as far as getting outs because that minus 20 sure looks good on Purdue. And then one other book might come up and copy it. And then here comes Circa. And they're slowly putting their games up. And you know Circa guys are way sharper and they know the market shit on these teams, and it doesn't mean anything. So they'll look at it, but they're if they make the game 30 and the line's 20, they're going to open 27 they're, or, or 28. They're going to open much more towards their number. And so you're like, uh-oh, we're about five minutes away from where Circuit's going to put up a 29, and happy hour is going to be over on Purdue. So we got to try to get that bet in. And you can see the sense of urgency you need to have to make those bets because literally sometimes my wife will be be like, can you get the paper? And I'm like, I'm not home because it's the difference between laying 20 and laying 28 on a game. Yeah. And then Sunday, I'll, I'll be honest, out here it's it's tough because I'm so used to – Football starts at noon on Sundays. Let me ask you about doesn't that. doesn't work that way so talk. I've talked enough. Let me ask you, because on Sunday, it's similar to Saturday with the same thing, yeah. and I'm betting all these props in the morning, and, and a lot of these books are just putting props up for the first time. To, to summarize real quick, I might bet 30 props on Sunday morning, and I might bet three NFL sides and and three totals. You know, it literally, and a lot of times I'm playing back on something I played earlier. But for you, you know, you're on central time zone. So how much of an adjustment has been for you both on Saturday and Sunday in terms of, you know, routine? Yeah, routine. It's it's interesting because Sunday normally uh, my wife and, and kids, we'd go to early church. Uh-huh. And that's almost not even an option now, like because even an early an early service, you're you're not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna make it in time for the NFL games to kick off. So much less any kind of last minute plays. Are, are you going to, to the in. Saturday night midnight mass then? Is that no. an option? No. no? The, the beauty is that now everything's online, so you could just kind of watch it online together as a family later on in the week or whatever when you've got a chance to. Also. Sunday night football, Monday night football, these are nice things for me. Like, it, it, it's not oh, right. not being up all night mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday night and having to go in. And especially Monday nights here, Tuesday is a pretty busy day for me. So Monday night football. Because you're doing the college pod. So, yeah. every, so think about this. All my prep that I'm doing Wednesday, AJ is doing this, you know, times two. And yeah. really times five because there's so many more college football games. Yeah. And you're doing the radio show. Yes. And you know what this is? This is the sort of thing, like, and I did it for years, where I think it's really good to do it. But there hits a point where it's almost like being an intern for, like, in Wall Street, where you have, like, you you, you can do it for, like, a certain amount of time, and then you got to move into a new role because it's just so much. And, like, we've, you know, we've seen that, that when you're doing college and NFL and doing all that media, and i got to be honest, like, with, I used to do local hits and stuff like mm-hmm. i love the guys in lubbock texas the double t and i just I, i'm like and then you know they sense it's just like wow there's just not enough hours in that even though it's so easy for me to i can hop on and do it but now all of a sudden you know what now now we're out of salt 
and I have, and I don't have time, and the bags are forty pounds. And well, Fez, you should have people to do that for you. I'm like, yeah, but then I gotta hire the people to hire the people to do that for me and to bring the salt. <laughs> and the bottom line is, I can go get the damn salt. Yes. Well, we're oh, we're twenty percent, nearing twenty five percent of the way through the season. Right now, it's not it's not worn on me yet. I imagine when we do this podcast in late November, you and I both look a little bit different. There's a few more bags under our eyes, and it's it's starting to whoop our ass a little bit. You know, and the one thing that I that I started to do, and I've been good at this, is that when I listen to podcasts, that is a great time to exercise. So I really try to go for my walk slash jog. You know, when I listen to an hour podcast. Or, or, you know, or even, you know, do the push-up, sit-ups, whatever, because it's so easy, like, you know, and, and, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'll admit, like, by the end of a football season, you know, I'm, I'm dedicated to myself and to, and, to, and to my clients. But now, you know, I'm, I got to I want to talk about one thing. These bonuses are, are tremendous that are being offered now with, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, all these other books, not to mention their lines are all soft. And now I got to get my ass to Arizona. I mean, I got to get my, I got to get my bonuses and it's not, I'm trying to like, I'm going on and trying to do it online and do the transfers. And it's just like, at some point I'm almost like, ah, maybe I'm just going to grab a bundle of money and just drive to Phoenix where there's some brick and mortar spots and just pop this in because the, you know, thousand dollar bonuses and they are dealing rogue lines on top of it. And then yeah. once, and then once I'm set up, I'm in Henderson I just have to drive to the Hoover Dam and walk across, and hopefully the GPS is good enough, you know, <laughs> that I can bet, you know, from the Arizona side of that damn dam. Well, uh, another great episode, Fezzik. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the pod later today. Hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, and you'll hear Fez, RJ, and I uh, coming up on the Dream Preview tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully you get this tonight. If not, you'll get it early in the morning. I think you'll get it tonight. I'm gonna go ahead and put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess that. I'm. I'm gonna. That's my best bet. You'll get this pod tonight, and then uh, you'll get the dream preview tomorrow. And hopefully, we can all make some money this week. Fez, appreciate it. Pop reminder to everyone: pop in some Bengal teasers, and um, if it um, if it loses, well, we'll just reload on the rest of the that's, teaser yeah. board. You'll, or you'll just reload betting against <laughs> the Jags next week. That's that's the way to do it. All right, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hey.